Hello everybody, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast, episode number 10. This week I have special guest Bev Mann on the show. She explains how the spirit world might call our attention, the signs, symbols and feelings we should all be looking out for and how all of us, whether you feel you are clairvoyant or not, can work with our sixth sense or intuition. Bev is a spiritual medium whose mediumship is very heart-centred. She is passionate about her work and dedicated to teaching those with an inquiring mind how they too can be the best possible ambassadors for the spirit world. In this episode, Bev discusses a vast array of topics around mediumship and healing, teaching us the value of personal responsibility, how we can surrender and allow the spirit world to speak through us, and the benefits and importance of receiving good mediumship tuition. So, if you are ready, let us begin. This week, I have a spiritual medium on the show whose mediumship is truly from the heart. I am really moved by how passionate this lady is about the work that she does. As an intuitive and empath, she is absolutely dedicated to helping people reconnect with their loved ones who have passed over to the spirit world. And not only that, she is devoted to teaching other people how to do what she does. It is my honour to introduce you to spiritual medium Bev Mann. Bev, welcome to Psychic Matters. Oh, hi there. Thank you so much for having me. We were talking just before we pressed record on this podcast, um, Bev, about the feeling that spirit are gathering close at your end and at my end, because I've not experienced anything like that before on any of the interviews that I've done so far. From from my point of view, I feel like the air is electric and like my energetic body is vibrating. It's like a fizzing and a bubbling. I really feel like spirit are right here. Yes, absolutely. I did too. And and I often get that, well, I always get that actually before I'm about to work. It's like the anticipation of the spirit world, knowing that they're going to be drawing close. And I feel it's their excitement that they're going to be working and channeling through me. And you just get that wonderful buzz. And a lot of us um, translate that to be anxiety and, and nerves um, and it kind of is our, our anxiety but in a pleasurable way and it's actually if you look at it in a positive from a positive point of view it's it, it's just the spirit world drawing close to let you know that they're there and they're ready to speak through you so exciting yeah really exciting so tell us about your work Bev start wherever you want to start because I'd love to hear more about your journey and what brought you in to working with the spirit world. Well, I believe that my my journey started literally from um, the womb and, and coming into this world. Um, it took me not a long time really to, uh, to realise that I was different from many other kids. I always felt growing up as a small child at school, very different. I didn't realise the difference, what the actual difference was until later on in life, but I know that I felt different. I was always very sensitive and 
now reflecting back on it, I realised that I was just super sensitive and I was picking up other people's thoughts and feelings and what they would probably feel about me and certain situations and being able to intuit their thoughts and feelings. And when you're growing up, as you as you probably well know yourself, Anne, that as you're experiencing things as a child, you feel that it's normal, you know, that everybody is is the same as you. And consequently, yeah. I, I went through um, my childhood feeling quite, um, well, I would say isolated, really, like I am now, in that I found it very hard to fit in. And um, besides a few personal friends that I would make uh, along the way, I found it very difficult to integrate into crowds and and groups. And this carried on throughout adolescence and, 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 and growing up, really. Why I'm passionate about teaching is I feel that as adults and parents and teachers, whether in school or outside school, we need to nurture the child from a very young age in that children who may feel different or who may be going through this can come to some sort of understanding about what's going on in their life. And uh, as, as you probably know, Anne, as well, it's been said that we retain our link to the spirit world until we're about the age of seven years old. And then we become, you know, indoctrinated by society and their thoughts. So we have religion, we have schools, um, we have um, our, our friends and family telling us to behave and believe in a certain way when actually we are experiencing things different so we get labeled as as different and as a child myself I often was woken up by spirit which my parents didn't understand all they knew of was that I would wake up screaming or I would be talking in my sleep and it used to I'm, I'm, I'm sure freak them out a little bit so part of my teaching as well, and I've, I've had a few parents who have reached out to me because their children are going through um, night terrors or saying that they're seeing people or imaginary friends. So I've, I've never seen a child on their own. Obviously, they're too young. So they, from my mind, they need to be 18. But I have had a parents and children who have come to see me and have helped allay that fear, both from the child's point of view and from the parent's point of view, and bring comfort. So that's one area of, of my teaching, because it's something that I went through. And um, another reason why I'm passionate about my teaching is because when I first started to uh, sit with spirit, I was invited to a circle I'd say, I don't know, it must have been about 20 years ago or maybe longer. And I was asked to sit in this development circle and to sit and meditate and get a link. And I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know how to meditate, what I was doing. The circle leader was talking us through a beautiful um, fountain of coloured water. And my mind was not trained to, 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 to follow this. And I couldn't follow it at all. And she went around everybody in the circle and asked them what their experiences were. And when she got to me, she said, well, what did you get, Beverly? And I said, nothing. And she said, well, you must have got something. I said, nope. She said, well, what did you experience? And I told her about the gentleman I encountered when I walked into her flat and how he was sitting there and how he was dressed and what his appearance was like. 
and um, what sort of person he was. And she was completely gobsmacked by it. And so was I. So week by week, things started happening. I went again and we did psychometry, which was feeling some pieces of jewellery. And I picked a ring and then I gave a speech, which apparently she said was her late husband's eulogy. And she said, you've just repeated his eulogy. And I kind of like freaked myself out a little bit because I didn't really understand what was happening. And so now, many years later, uh, having been told that I was a teacher myself and by other um, very well-respected tutors and mediums, that I'm now passionate about passing on the knowledge because we can't just... Usually the first experience we have with spirit, and I don't know about this, this happened with you, and but it's usually something really profound, our first reading, and it's something we really remember, yes. and it really catches our attention and our, and, our, and our hopes and our dreams that, yes, there is a, a life, a physical life, of, you know, there is life after physical um, death. And, um, but what it's taught me is how to teach others, because I do believe in teaching people the basics so they know what they're doing, because it is a responsibility, this work. It's not just playing at getting a link. And um, again, that's what I'm passionate about, teaching people personal responsibility and the sacred art of mediumship, which it is. Wow, Bev, what a fantastic introduction to the things that you've experienced and the things that you're really passionate about following through. Um, Let's go back, can we? Um, I just want to go back to what you were saying about children, because this is a great passion of mine and I don't know how it's going to unfold or what to do with it (laughs) myself and it's something that I've mentioned in the Psychic Matters Facebook group page about how important it is to accept what children are telling us when they're little if they are experiencing seeing spirit people or seeing things or having these different experiences I'm really interested in working out or trying to find a way, I suppose, to educate parents and children together. Like you say, you're doing that now. You've, you've got people coming to you to try to allay fears and help in that way. Yes, I mean, that, that just naturally happened. I've had a few people who have contacted me. But there must be many others who, um, parents in, with the greatest respect, who are sweeping it under, under the carpet And if only we could educate our children in in, in this manner. I mean, nowadays, thankfully, the the schools are changing their syllabuses and they are including mindfulness and meditation. Yes, that's right. So that is a giant leap forward. Um, But unfortunately, we do get put in a box and some people are, you know, they've been brought up with a certain religion and and that's fine. I was brought up um, with in the Jewish religion, um, which is very traditional values, especially women are not supposed to have any, uh, as my understanding is, you know, any, you're not supposed to talk to the dead, you're supposed to let them rest. And um, especially for women, it's not work for women. So, you know, there needs to be some kind of 
teachings that it's okay for this to happen. How did you get to that point yourself then? If that was your family background, how did you manage to get that acceptance or how did you accept that within yourself and decide I'm going to move this forward because it's important to me? Well, that was a very good question because at the time when you're going through it, you know, as, as, a, as a young child and then a teenager and then adolescence and even into my, into my 20s, I didn't really understand what this was because there was no one to tell me. It was classified as my night terrors where I would wake up screaming even when I was married. And my husband used to think, oh, bless her, she's having another one of her bad dreams. I would literally wake up screaming because I would experience, and having spoken to other people, they've had the same, where you see these um, orbs of light with people inside them, faces inside them. Yes. And... um, as you're, you're regaining consciousness, they're coming closer and closer to you. And now I realize that what it was, was that the spirit world were just trying to make themselves known to me. And they were just trying to come close to most probably let me know that I did have this gift. And I always say that they always come with love. That is the most important message here that they never come to frighten or scare us. They come always come with love. That scariness thing is from movies and TV shows that make money. Your loved ones in the spirit world would never want anything bad to happen to you. They're just trying to step forward. This is my understanding now to let you know that they are close by. Like I said, it didn't come to me for quite some time until I... Um, I started reading books. I started reading my first book I ever wrote was uh, Doris Stokes. And um, funny enough, I'm now very friendly with um, her, the lady who wrote all her um, autobiographies. Um, so that's funny how that comes around in full circle. But I started, and, and this is another thing that happens, that people naturally get drawn to having readings, reading books. So it's like a pieces of a jigsaw that you start to put together and um spirit will always lead the way I was like I said I was invited to this circle and I didn't have any knowledge of what was going on I had no experience of my gift but the other thing I used to do was I used to my father was quite in in tune you were asking me about my background Yes. Uh, my mother was very typically traditionally Jewish and so was my father, but not as much as my mum. My father had an understanding of spirit and he was told many years ago by the very famous medium Joe Benjamin that he had healing hands and my dad could be a healer. My dad did have some poor health and I remember he used to go to healing, to this most beautiful healing sanctuary, uh, of which he used to take me along to. So actually that's probably my earliest memory but I like I said I didn't put all the pieces of the jigsaw together until later it is hard because parents don't understand what's happening and what's going on I think it's okay sorry Beth yeah no and it's just that if they're a bit fearful then even if they try to cover it children are really susceptible to other people's emotions especially their parents and they're going to pick it up so I experienced things that you've just spoken about in my childhood and it was crushed within seconds (laughs) it didn't exist I had to shut up and not talk about it and a lot of mediums have had that experience too 
My children, I've already spoken about in podcast episodes, if they spoke about seeing people in the bedroom, it was an open platform, they could speak about it. And I would be able to assure them because I or reassure them, because I have my training in my own development. So I was able to help them. But we're in the minority. That's right. So how do we, I guess people are so still so skeptical about the work that we do. It's difficult for them to accept that what accept our truth and so there's and then they want scientific proof of you know if this is really happening prove it with science (laughs) and um and so it's it's very difficult but I think it's getting easier now in this day and age as we go forward with the internet now we're able to reach so many more people um and educate the adult population people like us who Let me see if I can be clear. We've now got to a certain stage because we've gone off and we've had training and development to understand our innate um, uh, skills and gifts that we brought to this world. There are other people who are the same as us, psychic and mediums, who haven't had that training yet. Um, So they are needing to be educated. Now that the world is bigger, we have the internet and people that don't have easy access to the Arthur Finney College can now learn online. So we can educate that section of um, the populace, I suppose. And then it's about filtering it down to the children, I think. I don't know. What do you think, Bev? I feel that with, uh, especially with the current pandemic, that we are... I think people are starting to open up and develop naturally because they've got nothing else really to do, many people, except go within. And I always say the only way out is in. And people are starting to question. They're questioning their own mortality, you know, their own spirituality, what's it all about. And so... um, I think people are starting to wake up. And the beauty of the internet, as as we said in the first place when we opened up here, um, was that it is bringing the world um, closer together. There's, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just not my stream that I get on Facebook. Um, but there is so much out there to access. Unfortunately, because we have um, the World Wide Web, that people are able to Google and, and, and look up. and um, you know, be able to, you know, educate themselves and then pass it on to their children. Like I say, we are in a in a minority um, and all we can do is hope and pray that spirit, you know, um, will show people um, the light, uh, light up the way for them to understand their gifts. Because I do believe that we are all born with many, many gifts. They say that we're born with five, you know, five senses, but we've got many more. People talk about the sixth sense. You know, we've got hundreds and, and probably thousands of senses and um, and they are all gifts that we use. And I always say to people who ask me about this, and I said, well, the, when you go to the gym, the more you train in your muscles to become stronger and developed, well, it's the same thing with your psychic and mediumistic faculties the more you use them and train them, the stronger they will become. So um, we are using our psychic faculties in our everyday life. You know, when we meet people, we go to meetings or, um, you know, uh, events or we have to make important decisions all all the time. We're using our intuition 
without even realizing what we're tapping into. It's our gut feeling. It's our, you know, it's part of our inherent gift to be able to tap into that intuition. How many people say, or oh, they don't listen to their, their gut instinct. So what I try and do is to, to train people to be more aware of they are, they are that and so much more that there's so much more to the brain. I remember many years ago, well, a few years ago, I was in America and um, it was Thanksgiving and uh, we went because my daughter was studying in the States and I, and I was actually um, helping some people out there as well. And they asked me where, who I'd like to sit next to and they said, would you like to sit next to the, um, the neurologist and um, uh, he was also like a brain surgeon as well and I said oh yes lovely I'd love to and I, my husband at the time looked at me like really Beth you know and I find it very interesting to hear the other side of what someone's got to say and I said to this guy well you know we're only using eight percent of our brains what about the other 92 percent and he said oh well you know we've got enough to get by to me that's not an answer how can you um how can you disregard people's gifts when you don't understand the full capacity of the brain? I mean, I'm no scientist, so, you know, I can't really follow this conversation through. I can only speak about what I know of and what I'm capable of. So there must be elements of the brain that we can all tap into because there's always that contentious argument, are people born mediums or are they not born mediums? Um, I do believe it is there and going back to the gym, it's up to us whether we leave it dormant or we try to exercise it. And there will always be some people who are, you know, are better at their mediumistic skills um, than perhaps their psychic skills. All we can do is try and draw it out of ourselves. I love that, Bev. I just love that. I think that's so interesting about the but brain. But I feel like there has to be like a, there's usually a calling. So it will come from a young age or quite often when someone has lost someone very close to them, that's also like an entry point. Yeah. I want to say entry point. Um, and um, it's something that's so traumatic that, you know, like as when people turn to religion, we turn to pray in times of difficulties. Like now with the pandemic, people are turning to prayer, whereas they would not normally pray. So when people have lost someone very close, that often brings them into spiritualism or spiritism, if you'd like to call it. As I say, it's like an awakening, an entry point in. I love listening to you. It just fascinates me. I could listen to you for hours and hours and hours. I love that about the brain, you know, that we do not understand it. So that's really struck a chord with me. And it is interesting that we are all well, many, many of us are separated in our own houses away from our loved ones at the moment. And yet, and there's this massive shift in the energy of the earth and all of our, all of our little mini lives and worlds, because we're all looking at how we're going to, how we're going to walk through the world now that it's changed. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. And many people actually ask me, how do I, I can't send healing or I can't heal because I'm not a healer. I don't believe, uh, and this may be a bit controversial, but I do not believe that we need to be trained to be a healer. Healing comes from the heart. It comes from your, your compassionate place within your heart. It is the desire through love to want to bring about 
healing for someone. So it's like anything you do in the world, it's based on pure intention. And anyone can send healing. People say to me, oh, can you, you know, can you send healing to my to my mom? Or can you send healing to my cat? Or, you know, can, can we send healing to, you, you know, someone in hospital? You can do it. You know, all the great mediums and, and prophets like Jesus, you know, he didn't need a certificate to be able to place his hands upon someone to give healing. So um, I may this know this may go against some of the teachings that we may have been taught, but I always go with what resonates within my own heart. And if you love someone like a baby, the first thing you do when you go to comfort a baby or someone who's going through trauma is to rub their back. You are automatically giving healing without realizing, and you can heal through your words as well. So there's no one going to stop me from sending healing because I don't have a certificate in it because I don't need one. I have the love in my heart to send that goodwill gesture to someone who might need it, and hopefully it will be received. So interesting because I'm having some distant healing at the moment from this fantastic practitioner in America called Will Grant. And... He, we set a time for half an hour and I sit in my um, chair and um, at f- the first session um, I had with him, he was sending me this distant healing and I was just waiting. And I was thinking, there's somebody here, there's someone in the room. They were so present at my head. Um, but it was him, it was his energy that he projected into the space. It was absolutely fascinating. And the second time in the second session, I... I felt like he was at my feet. And when I spoke to him afterwards, he said, yeah, the first session I started at your head, the second session I started at your feet. It's just extraordinary. The Unbelievable. That, yeah, it was just I, amazing. I have been working alongside a friend of mine in Australia called Brian Messenger. Um, I met him. We actually, um, we met at the Arthur Finley College. In fact, um, I was staying on for another week and he just arrived. And in the, in the quietness of the college, we kept bumping into each other. Wherever we went, we would bump into each other. It was like spirit kept putting us in front of each other. Um, anyway, um, here's a fabulous healer. He was doing a lot of um, animal healing. And I said to him, Brian, you know, we love our animals. We truly do. But in this time now, when we're going through COVID-19, why don't you try as an experiment to do some of your healing um, to help, a, you know, coronavirus patients? So um, I had a few people within my development circle who had a family who were unwell. Also, there was someone that I knew who was desperately ill in hospital uh, with coronavirus and was in a coma. And, you know, I can't say it's just down to the healing because obviously the NHS were wonderful to that particular patient. But as soon as Brian sent his healing, within 24 hours, you know, that guy was out of his coma. And there is something to be said. And I uh, I really do believe in the power of healing. And I can say that I'm not really a healer. I'm, I, I'm a medium. But all mediums are healer, and I believe all humans are healers. It's all about the intent. Um, So it doesn't matter about distance. Like I said at the beginning, we could be anywhere in the world, 
and we are able to connect. I've given readings to people in Australia, America, and it's fantastic knowing that this is just based on energy. We do not need someone sitting in a chair next to us. It's I'm sure you found that as well, Anne. It's so incredibly powerful that the, the, the you know the essence of spirit that they are around us all the time, and there's no such thing as time, distance, space. They're there, but again, people ask me, "How do I get signs?" And I said, "Well, are you asking for them?" Yes. You know, people as humans don't know how to ask. If you don't ask, you're not going to get. And you have to be observant, don't you? You have to, like you say, look for them, ask for them. And you have, then you have to be observant and notice when they're, when they're shown to you. And like I said to you, just before we did this interview, I went for a little walk. And I never see robins, actually. And as many of us know, robins are spirit messengers. And I just went for a very quick walk around the block. And a robin just flew straight in front of me. So I knew that spirit would be present at this virtual meeting that we're having now. Yes. So I asked for a sign and I got it. So thank you, Spirit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's something people can do when the when the, after they finish listening to this is ask for some signs from the spirit world and see what you get and then let us both know. <laughs> well, another nice way of doing it, and I, and I tell this to a lot of people, you know, we all love our feathers and special little signs like robins. But, you know, when we could get out more often... I would often say to spirit as I was locking my door and getting into my car, okay, if you've got something to tell me, a message for me, um, can you relay it to me in some form? And I'd get in my car, turn on my radio, and there would always be a relevant song, with, and I would listen to the lyrics because often the message will come through the lyrics of the song. So, Bev, if somebody wants to learn, um, I know you do a lot of teaching yourself. And people that are listening to this, they listen from all parts of the world. And we're lucky. We have our wonderful Arthur Finley College. We have a lot over here in the UK. We have a lot of um, places you can physically go to and are easy to get to. Um, But those people that aren't near a source of education as we are what can you recommend how how do people find a tutor how do they you know they don't have a development circle close to them what what can they do to to explore their own spiritual development this is this is a very good question because if, if you'd asked me before the pandemic it would have had a different response because you know we've always got local uh, spiritualist churches and groups and um people that can help but in these days of isolation it's not so easy I always say our best teachers our guides helpers and loved ones as I call it our spiritual team they are the ones that will give us our truth and the more we sit what we call in the power which is a form of meditation sitting in the oneness of one's own energy um, and it is a practice Um, because we all have, you know, busy minds. Um, The more we sit in the power of spirit, we are allowing them to draw close to us and in order to give us that guidance as to to which way. So there are many people that um, can't come together. A little while ago, um, I'm very fortunate to have friends from all over the world, like you, Anne. And, um, and part of that comes from my many visits uh, on many different courses at the Arthur Finlay College, which was a you know, wonderful experience to 
learn under you know the, the the most auspicious mediums there because it's not just about learning mediumship it's also learning the philosophy of spirit as well and uh, and inspirational work but there are people from all over the world that you meet and what was happening was people were going home and they couldn't practice so I had a friend in the outback of Australia and then a friend in Iceland one in Israel they didn't have anywhere to practice so I set up a group I'd always set up a group called spirituality from the heart um, which was um, just a support group um, for learning, sharing, caring, with no advertising. So I decided to set up the Skype, um, Skype exchange for the Spirituality of the Heart page. And again, it wasn't about anyone exchanging money. It was about exchanging gifts. So basically, it was like a practice room where someone from Australia could practice with someone in Iceland. So there are lots of online groups now with with the internet, the world is much smaller. Um, but always feel guided by your own heart where you want to learn. As mediums ourselves, we can never stop learning. And one of my biggest lessons for me was someone who, when I very first went to the Art Finlay College, um, someone said to me, why are you going there? I can teach you everything you need to know. That is not on. Nobody knows it all. And we are like sponges. The more we gather and learn, the more knowledge we gain. And it's good to learn from many different teachers, many different inspirers. And I always also say, take on board what resonates within your soul and what doesn't, just let it go, just discard it. Because we're all individual. We've all got, we've all come from our own beliefs going back to growing up we all come from our own religious backgrounds or what feels right to us what resonates with us and that and that's important but I do a lot of um online teaching I I did run a lot of circles I did a lot of workshops here and abroad um, because I'm unable to travel now I've been doing a lot of work I've been doing a lot of live readings actually psychic readings on Facebook live because People can't get out and also people can't afford it. But I also run other groups, private groups, one-to-one mentoring sessions, uh, because that's what I'm passionate about, the teaching. Having gone through so many readings myself, I know what I want from a message from my loved one. I know the content that I'm looking for, and it needs to be from the heart. So we can learn so many different things, how to deliver a message evidentially. But what I aspire for my students is, did they touch the heart? Did they bring that memory of that person alive again? Were they in the room with them? Did they feel their soul through my soul? And that's what I try to teach others. Because, you know, for me, um, when my father comes through, I don't need to be told how tall he is. I've got no idea how tall people are. I don't particularly want to be reminded of watching him gasp for his last breath and how he passed. I want to hear the happy memories. I want to hear about the golden memories that we shared, you know, the little things that he used to do for me or I used to do for him, the places we went. I, you know, this is quite a contentious subject as well because, you know, I've been heard from other mediums saying, um, you know, we don't need to make people cry. 
But how do you know you've touched a soul unless you people let that emotion out? Because quite often people are holding on to emotion. Yeah. And um, they haven't released it. And so every reading should be a form of healing. Every reading should bring healing because it's not just hands-on healing. You can heal with your words. So if people come to me, you know, not just for a message from their loved one, but they need healing in in some shape or form. Yeah, it's true. And I think if it was my dad in the spirit world, all of the above that you said, you know, not wanting to necessarily know how he died. I know that, uh, you know, I don't need to be reminded of that. <laughs> but what I would love to hear is, like you say, what what's he seeing that I'm doing at the moment? What does he know of my current issues? How can he help me with those? Things like Absolutely. that. Really gonna, that would be really helpful in a reading. I mean, I had um, two people come for a reading and I always have a rule that I like to see one person at a time because sometimes the energies get mixed up. And not only that, a lot of personal information can come out and perhaps you don't want your brother or sister knowing that uh, stuff. But for some reason, I heard that I needed to go against my my own rule and I always do what I'm told with the spirit world, or I like to think I do. And I had them both here and it was wonderful. I felt like as if I was her and I would turn to the daughter and say one thing and then turn to the son and say the other. And, you know, the son was sobbing because there was so much. But one of the lovely evidential things about it was that she told me things um, that was going on around him at the moment, even down to, you know, his child's birthday party. And I said, oh, you know, she showed me bowling. She showed me ice skating. And he said, yeah, we had a discussion. We don't know whether to do a bowling party. She, you know, she was, I don't know, 10 or an ice skating party. I mean, you know, it just goes to show you that his mom was around him and listening to conversations and that was so wonderful. Yes, we want the evidence, we want the golden nuggets, but we also want to know who our loved ones have met up with, what do they see of our world. Um, and like I would always go to my parents for their guidance and advice, and I'd like to think that they're still around us for that. So I think we get so indoctrinated now when we're learning um, about evidence. Evidence is very, very important. But you have to feel the essence of your spirit person come forward. And sometimes we only know that when they shed a tear because they've felt their loved ones in the room. They've touched their heart and soul and they know that they're with them. You know when that spirit person is present. Yeah, you you can feel it, can't you? When somebody reads for you... If they, if that, if your love spirit person, your loved one is definitely there, you actually feel it in your heart and you know it's there and they don't have to even give the greatest evidence in the world, but you just, from whatever they say, that's so specific that you just know that they are with you. Yeah. I mean, the evidence is very important, but did the medium touch their hearts and minds and soul? And that's what I try and teach mediumship from the heart because it's about those special moments and feeling the essence of their loved ones as they gather around them. So, you know, um, looking for a teacher, go with what feels right for you. Um, You can learn so much from many different tutors and they are our teachers as well because sometimes we learn things from them that might not... um, be how we want to be 
So everything is a lesson in life. But it's always for me about kindness and compassion. And um, many years ago, when I went to the Arthur Finney College, um, do, do you know of Glyn Edwards, who was yes. a very well-known tutor there? You know, I was up there giving a reading, and um, this was in my early days. And he turned around to me and um, after the break, and he came in with a leaf, um, and he said, I've got a present for you. It was all wrapped up. I thought, well, what's he bought me? And I just opened it up, it was a leaf. And he said to me, it's from Gordon Higginson's um, tree. And he said, Bev, never change your mediumship for anyone. And that was something that's always stayed with me. And he's come back through messages and said that through his message um, again. And so everyone's mediumship is unique. What does he and mean by that? Don't change your mediumship. What, what, is, what, what, what did that mean? Oh, because I was... You know, I was very much, even in those days, heart-centred, you know, um, going on the emotion and the feeling. Obviously, we have to describe the person, uh, but the person came through for him was was actually one of his um, guru friends uh, who I found out about. Funny enough, we were talking about it the other day with someone, and I said, oh, yes, I know her. I brought her through. Um And she also has some inspirational words for him, which I just allow to flow through me. And that, again, was how he knew the presence of her spirit there, because they weren't words that I would normally use. So I surrendered to her her spirit and allowed her to speak through me. So in that way, um, it was different to the time what we were learning, which was high age, how they passed. Yeah, because he knew who it was straight away because he felt their presence and I just delivered. Okay, so another thing is, is about allowing them to come so close so you're not following your checklist and you are allowing them to deliver the message how they want it delivered instead of us being the pokey medium. Okay, what's your name? You know, where'd you come from? What do you do for a living? You know, just surrendering and allow them to tell their story how they want to tell it. So I'm teaching my students to surrender and allow. Of course, we have to get the evidence forward and then hands on your heart, feel the message, feel the spirit and allow them to... And do you check yeah. in Do you check in with the spirit world after you've, after each reading and see how they felt you did? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's always um, that element that you feel, and this comes a lot in training, but even as a working medium, did I, you know, I could have done better. Could I have done better? And now I've trained myself to think that if I criticise myself, could I have done better? I'm criticising that communicator as well because they've made a lot of effort to get here. We don't know how hard it is for them to get through our minds, to use our mind within that message. So um, when we criticise ourselves, if we don't feel we've done a good job, we've sent that spirit person possibly away with their tail between their legs, and I don't want to do that, you know. So I just know that I do my best every single time. Some, Some readings are going to go better than others 
but that's just the way it is because it goes on how you feel on the day, how your client, you know, your um, your person sitting in front of you, how they feel on the day, um, how well the communicator can work with you. Um, there's so many different factors that we don't even know about. So, I, I, you know, I do check in always because I'm very self-critical, but I've learned now not to criticise them. I think that's such a good thing to say that, um, we shouldn't be self-critical and also critical to the spirit world, like you say. It's very hard for them. You know, it's, I always say to people come to me for a reading, one of the things I say, it is a bit like spiritual charades. And I was never good at charades. I hated <laughs> doing anything like that. Because I was actually a very, very shy child growing up. And even as an adult now, people don't know me, think I'm, you know, very, very confident. But actually, I'm only confident in my work because I know when I speak, I'm allowing the spirit world to speak through me. And Beth Mann goes out out, out the door, silly Beth Mann, you know, sometimes, who gets her words all flustered. But when I'm working in my power and I'm talking, I'm allowing them to talk through me and I'm just surrendering to the power of, of spirit to talk, to, to say what I need to say. And I'm trusting them. Um, so that and that's how I do do all my work because there's a great difference people who know me and when I'm teaching and I've got my spiritual teaching hat on I'm a different person yeah because we don't teach we don't teach I don't teach you don't teach any of us don't teach we are allowing our inspirers to speak through us in order to educate and inspire others yeah, I love that, Bev. And listen, just before we finish, I'm thinking about you being such a great um, ambassador for the spirit world, doing all your work, teaching um, the students that come to you, doing your beautiful one-to-one um, heartfelt mediumship readings. And what about your own development also? Where are you do you have an interest in a particular area of mediumship or spiritual development at the moment that you are also trying to bring yourself on in, um, you know, like trance or, or um, I don't know, channeling or anything in particular? Or um, Yeah, I've reached, they always say trance can enhance. Um, I do have quite a monkey mind. So um, I have been working on training it um, and Within that, I have been studying trance and I'm sitting in a, in a trance group that's sitting weekly via Zoom, um, which is fantastic. And I'm, I've been told that I am a physical medium and, I'm, and I've been told that at various times. Um, who knows where it's going to take me because I know I need to get my own mind out of the way. So... Um, we just don't know. Many years ago, when I very first went to the Arthur Finlay College, and most people who, who knew me in those days will vouch for this, that I literally used to run out the room, almost out of the college, when they said we were going to do platform mediumship, i.e. standing on the stage, because yes. I, you know, I was so nervous, literally would shake. Um, and I'd go in another room and just do one-to-one readings with the others who felt the same. And who would have thought back then that I would be doing what I'm doing now, that I, you know, I still get very nervous. Um, you've seen me. I still get nervous, but that's like the spirit building up. Yeah. Um, 
but I embrace it because I know it's my duty to bring forward those those messages that I need to do. So what I'm saying is one can never know what their pathway is. It's just to follow the signs along the way. Yeah. And if it opens up for me physical mediumship, then I'll embrace it and I'll try. But um I think it does take courage, doesn't it, Bev? So much courage. I know when I go to the Arthur Finley College, and you've witnessed this too, (laughs) in the last program we did together in January, um, my mediumship tends to fall apart when I'm trying to do new things and having the courage to try and do new things with it um, and work in a different way and try out different methods of working and blending with the spirit world. So it does take a lot of courage to explore new areas and not keep just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, because I think mediumship evolves. It's evolved over the years and it's still evolving. And we as mediums can only take the ball during our lifetime up the field a certain way amount. And then we're hoping that those that come after us will take that ball and carry it a little bit further along. Yeah. And when I, when you were talking just now, I just heard, which is what I heard actually before, um, before we started this interview, I got the words, just be you. And that's all you can do when you're up there. It's about, you know, because we have to have a certain amount of healthy ego to stand up there. Um, But it is very, very difficult. And all you can do is just be you and to surrender to spirit and let them do the work. And, um, And just letting yourself go to the side and allowing them to speak through you. I love that, Pev. I just love it. So where can people find you on the internet? They all want to come and do workshops with you or find out um, if they can join in. Is your, by the way, is your spirituality from the heart group finished now? Is that, a, is that no, in the past? It's still there. I mean, I have people, admins who run it for me. Right. So um, I'm, I'm not on there a great deal because I've just been very busy. But there's yes. spirituality from heart which i can give you the link to and there's a skype exchange for spirituality from the heart we don't accept adverts or any money exchanges in any of those groups so any advertisers will get um kicked off the group (laughs) they're very strict my admins yes um because everything is about spirituality um so i can give you those links because it allows people to practice um, and the, but there are lots of groups uh, going on. Those words that I got just be you. But before I came on, I heard the words stay true to you as well. So always stay true to yourself and never allow another person's opinion to deflate you as well, because that's another lesson um, that I learned very early on. I'm still learning to overcome it. But all you can do is be the best channel for the spirit world that you can be. And as long as you you can sit in your own truth and and be kind and be compassionate, then that's all they want from you. Yeah. So um, thank you. So um, people can find me through my um, website, which is bethman.com. And I'm also on Facebook, which is Bevman Mediumship from the Heart. I have my Bevman page, but my public page is Bevman Mediumship from the Heart. 
where I often put up um, what I'm doing, any workshops that I'm doing or any ongoing classes. I'm doing a lot of um, private groups. Um, so if people want to make a little group up, it can be themselves on their own or it could be two people three people six people eight people ten people doesn't matter we can work out a group I tailor make everything I tune in with spirit and I will tailor make uh, a group specifically for them and I've learned I, I did a lot of teach I did teacher training as well with Tony Stockwell so, who is absolutely wonderful and I learned a lot from him in the way of inspirational teaching on my feet um, which I was kind of already doing, um, but it's just about making up exercises and things for those specific students. Um, so again, I can I can tailor make whatever anyone wants, uh, and I'm great. So, bringing people yeah. together from all over the world. So if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you you're desperately needing some kind of development, head over to Bev Mann's website and she'll sort you out. Thank you, and I'm also on Instagram as Medium Bev Mann that's two ends and all of these links will be in the show notes for this episode so anybody listening if you've missed um and didn't write those things down or you're driving along or walking along the road go to my website and you can pick up all those links there so bev i know that this is a really anxious time for a lot of people across the world um and i know a lot of people are struggling to kind of overcome these feelings of um I don't know, trying to change their mindset, I suppose, to one that is much more positive. How, can I ask you, how has your spiritual path changed your way of thinking? Thank you, Anne. I realised along my pathway as I was developing, and um, development is not just about developing our mediumistic skills, it's also about understanding ourselves and going within and sometimes that's the hardest place to to go to to go within because we um, project ourselves to the outside world a certain way but do we actually connect in with how we're really and truly feeling and sometimes in life we're so busy giving to others that we forget to fill our own tank up as well like a like a car uh, petrol and filling it in with that fuel so um I got quite interested in the law of attraction, um, which um, is a natural law of the universe. Um, what you give is what you receive and um, the law of positivity. And I learnt very much hearing about people talking about cup half full and cup half empty. But I decided why should I even be half full when I can be completely full and I realized as well that I was doing a lot of negative thinking and I do believe it was part of my makeup partly within my own upbringing and the way that I was I often noticed that my sister and I were always apologizing for things as as we grew up and and even now in this in this time and so I started to look at my own pattern and thinking um and you know I went through my own dark night of the soul where I really went inside of myself and realized that our thoughts do create our reality and we need to in order to manifest abundance we need to think positively because like attracts like if we're feeling negatively, then it's like a battery 
You can't put positive and negatives often together. You have to put the positive and the positive together. So I do believe that we are the masters of our own ship and we create our own reality. And how we can do that is by our thoughts, our visions, and how we see the world and start looking at it from a different point of view. So we're all human. Whenever I find myself thinking negatively about something, it's natural to do so, but I kind of like stop myself right there, recognize the behavior, and then turn it around literally on its head to a positive thought. And I sincerely believe that this has helped me so much. There's so much knowledge that's out there. And I, as I said, how we think, view life, view ourselves, view what we want out of life is so important. That's great on the one hand, but it's not always that easy, is it, to take, if you've got a lot of challenges in your life and then trying to find a positive within it. I want to ask you though, sometimes that can be really, really difficult. And I've read about the work of Esther and Jerry Hicks um, and the law of attraction. One of the things that's helped me is they say you, you don't have to jump from uh, a really negative thought to a very, very positive one, because sometimes it's too difficult to make that huge leap. But if you look for just one thing within your environment that can lift your vibration a tiny, tiny bit. So it might be, um, what am I looking at right now? I'm looking at a pink drinking bottle that my daughter bought me. Um, so I can look at that and I can think about the love I have for my daughter and that will lift me a little bit. And then once I've done that, I can look for the next little thing that might just lift me a little bit. So to how do we turn these from negative to positive? You, you say it so beautifully yourself. You know, I just, I, you're very conscious of turning things from a negative to a positive, but how, is that very, very easy for you now with lots of practice? No, not at all. I um, actually struggle with it myself sometimes because we are, we are a soul coming here for a human experience and we're here to learn. Um, we're, we're, we're a body with a soul, but the soul is having that human experience and in order to learn and to grow spiritually. So life does throw us lots of challenges it wouldn't be life if, if our lives weren't a roller coaster and I really enjoyed what you said uh, about the um, Jerry and Esther Hicks their way of looking at things so Rome wasn't built in a day we have to take it step by step and it's the little things that you do so just by recognizing something like the pink cup that is an enormous leap forward and pat yourself on the back for it. Anything we do, however small it is, as long as it's a positive, recognize it that you are taking small steps in order to overcome your way of thinking. And it takes time. It's all about recognizing when we're going downhill. And like you said, how we can uplift ourselves and put us back on track. My daughter, before she went off, she went off to do lockdown at her boyfriend's family's house and she put a little jar on my window sill, which is called, she called a happiness jar. And she said, what you have to do, mummy, is every time you think of something happy, a happy thought, write it down on a little piece of paper and put it in the happy jar. And then at the end of the year, you can take it out and look at all your happy moments that you've had. That is so beautiful. And see, from the, from the mouth of a babe, that these little things, and I hope that a lot of people that are now listening to this podcast will take that away because 
I think that's great. Having a happiness jar or a gratitude jar. My father always used to say that if we put all our problems in the middle of the room, we would walk out with the same problems. And so we have to be thankful for what we do have. Yes, there are people who are facing very difficult challenges in life. And it is so, so hard to overcome. But all I would say to them is please have faith. Please try and think of the positive that can happen. And, you know, if you're struggling with health, try and think positively about it. Invite healing into your space and just simply allow the grace of God to touch you. And I I just want to say that, you know, especially now, we want to help people. And I'm sure you agree, Anne. Absolutely. Us light workers want to help people as much as we can. I'm doing my best to help people who are living with fear and anxiety right now. And um, a lot of people can't afford to have this support. And all we can do, I'm not a nurse and um, I'm not a key worker, but what I can do is be there for people people to reach out to me and be the light in someone else's darkness and the words I got from spirit yesterday they clearly gave me three words which was lead by example and so I'm leading by example and if someone needs me and even if they can't afford it I am still open to other human souls who need my help. True mediumship from the heart Bev which is what you're all about. Thank you. And thank you so much, Bev, for sharing all of your knowledge and all of your stories. This is such a fascinating episode. It's been great talking to you. And thank you again for coming on to uh, Psychic Matters and sharing everything you know with us. And thank you so much for inviting me. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and seeing where where it's led because, you know, there's been lots of exciting things that we've we've spoken about and I'm sure that the spirit world will hear all our thoughts and feelings especially in relation to the children in fact I I forgot to mention that many years ago Gordon Higginson had a group called the Lyceum um, which was to help and it was like a, a, a religious spiritualist center to help the children wouldn't it be great if we could do something like that Do you know, that's given me absolute goosebumps. I would love, I would be so passionate about doing something like that, Bev. I really would to help. Well, maybe we something we could talk about, Anne. Fabulous. Excellent. Plans have been made. Spirit has moved us. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. It's such a pleasure, Bev. And um, I'm sure I'll see you out and about on some some course somewhere sometime when the Arthur Finney College opens up again absolutely so everybody just continue to spread your love your love and your light and know that you are loved and guided at all times all you have to do is open up and connect thank you thank you Bevman well that was spiritual medium Bevman who is an absolutely fantastic ambassador for the spirit world 
Do head over to Bev's website or Facebook page or her Instagram and check out for yourself all of her workshops, her readings and her tuition groups. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes, uh, plus a full transcription for anybody who's deaf or hard of hearing who wants access to the content. Um, And those are all over on my website, www.anteato.com. So head there and you can pick everything up. Oh, and um, I've been busy making some great meditations too, so do check those out over on my website. It just remains for me to say a huge thank you to all of you Psychic Matters listeners because I, as ever, really, really appreciate all of you and thank you so very much for listening. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so, so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes, as I have always got some fascinating content coming up. (laughs) Um, And a big big thank you to everyone who has taken the time to write reviews for this podcast. I so appreciate that and I so appreciate you. And if you haven't done that yet, please can I ask you, nay, beg you, please, please, please go over to Apple Podcasts and write an honest review. That really, really helps so much with algorithms and ratings and so on and so forth. So have a fantastic couple of weeks, everybody. Remember to find some things in your environment to appreciate, however tiny they may be, and keep working on raising your energetic vibration. Until next time, my name is Anteato, and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters. <laughs>